Most of us work too much. We might not get enough done and be very productive, but too much of our time is spent working. Vicky Louise is a productivity and a time coach, and it's really inspiring to hear what she has to say, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, a podcast all about business tips, inspiration, and confidence building. I'm Ingvild Kolnes, the host of this podcast, and after over a decade as a photographer, I now help talented photographers run sustainable businesses. And for full transparency, you should know that I'm a mentor with paid offers, and I will probably mention some of those in this episode. Vicky is the UK's leading feminist time productivity and rest coach. After she graduated from the London School of Economics, she worked in finance and tech before founding her coaching company. She helps individuals and organizations solve their time problems while achieving more. Vicky also hosts the top 1% feminist time productivity and rest podcast. Hi, Vicky. Welcome to the podcast. I'd love to get to know you better. So maybe you can start by just saying a little bit about your background and how you ended up as a rest and time coach. That's what you're saying that you are. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I was the, I call myself a reformed procrastinating hustler. I was always ambitious. I always wanted to achieve things, just like I think all of your listeners pursuing their passion, having goals, wanting to achieve things. And what I'd been taught, what I'd seen was this idea that if you want to achieve things, you have to be willing to like put in the extra hours and sacrifice and do the hard work. And so I spent like my 20s doing the hard work, doing the grind, working up to 100 hour weeks at times, you know, combining starting a business with doing an online MBA, with hosting five events a week, with really like, I must do it all at once in order to achieve success. And to no one's surprise, I closed that business. (laughs) (laughs) and um, actually ended up coaching people on anxiety and procrastination as obviously I'd had a lot of panic and anxiety attacks through that time and actually been able to heal through them which was really amazing and then I achieved my like three-year business goal in six months and I was kind of slapped in the face of like wait it doesn't take time because I've been working less been more balanced been more present in my life outside of work And it just kind of hit me like, everyone must know this. And that's what I call time hacking. And that's what I really help people with. And beyond that, you know, things have evolved. I've now, you know, I'm branded more as like a feminist time coach from when I got pregnant and that experience of being put on bed rest actually while I was pregnant and thinking about how little our current time dynamics and work dynamics support women. So, you know, I think we're constantly evolving. That's my journey to date and uh, it's still just getting started. Oh, wow. Exciting. Okay. Okay. This is going to be really interesting. And I want to know what you think of the term sustainability and having a sustainable business and what that means to you. Yeah. I think it's like the most important and the most overlooked part of having a business. As I shared, like I've done both. I've done the unsustainable growth from the mindset of like, this is going to get me there faster and the sustainable growth, which actually led to more growth and lasting growth. When I think about sustainability as it pertains to having a business, it's not just about the business, it's about outside of the business. And that's what a lot of us miss when we have our businesses and, and, you know, everyone listening is 
creative, you are managing not just your passion of taking photos, but also doing things that you wouldn't choose to do as a business owner, like whether it's, you know, sorting taxes or maybe doing marketing or selling or whatever it might be. And it's about balancing even those different elements of your business in a way that allows you to continue to love what you do. Because I will always remember that specific moment. We relocated to Austin because we'd got into an accelerator program there. And I turned around to my partner and I was like, I love our purpose. I love our work. I just like hate my life and I hate that I have to sacrifice my life for my purpose. And he was like, well, we're obviously closing down the business. And I was like, oh, I thought that's just how it was. So, yeah, that's really interesting. And I think it's quite common that you get a little bit lost in it all. Like you start doing something and then it ends up being something else. And I think especially for photographers who most of us start out because it's a hobby and it becomes a business. And then you realize when you're halfway in it that, oh, wait a minute, the photography is actually just a tiny piece of it. And there's all these other stuff that I have to do to be able to make money so that I can keep doing it. And then you're a little bit stuck. Absolutely. I think that's true for so many of us that think about pursuing our passions and we're so in the dream of it and that's what gets us to make the decision and it's kind of like I think about dating right you start dating someone and they're like look so amazing on paper you're like everything's going to be perfect all the time but the reality of relationships are it's two humans and you know navigating through life and navigating through emotions and navigating through past trauma and anxieties and all of these things And so the expectation, part of our problem is like our expectation versus the reality. And I think when we manage our expectations going in, exactly like you said, like the photography is one part of it, but it's not all parts of it. And really think about how will I support myself if I am someone who doesn't love sales, how can I support myself instead of like, I just have to grind and do it, which is not sustainable. So that's what I would say to everyone is thinking about the different areas of your business you don't love and instead of thinking I'll just grind through it and do it with my eyes closed which typically doesn't produce the results that you want it to produce instead thinking how can I support myself in those areas absolutely I agree and I thought it was really interesting what you said before and how you were really overworked which I don't know you it kind of felt like you were describing me sometimes because I probably tend to work too much because I love it so much and then last year we had kind of like a gap year. We had five months off and we just went traveling around Norway in a camper van and it didn't do anything bad to my business. I kept getting inquiries, even though I was doing just like the bare minimum, I was hardly doing anything compared to what I normally do. So it didn't slow anything down. And I'm just really curious about your definition of productivity and how we can all get it to work without working more. Yeah, I think we are overworking. And I think exactly like what you just said, we're like, I overwork because I love it so much, as though loving something means spending more time with it. Whereas actually, as a business, you want to be thinking about, you know, strategically, what are the results that you are creating? So, you know, I use the phrase productivity, and in particular, non-toxic productivity, I speak about it a lot. But the idea really is focus on the results, not the to-do list. We're so busy thinking like, if I get through these 10 things today, then I've had a good day. But it's like those 10 things might not produce any results. And actually more and more we're seeing that 
especially in the creative fields, the less you are doing, the more you have space to be creative, which is, by the way, your superpower and what differentiates us from AI. So it's becoming more important. When you have that space to be creative, you are actually differentiating yourself further instead of just today, I'm going to write a post, go live, make a video, like just ticking through that to-do list of creative tasks instead of actually being creative. And what I imagine for you at that time, just being uh, present in your life, sharing that, people still connecting you, people wanting and probably feeling more connected to you because you weren't following through a checklist and you weren't doing things from a place of, I have to get this done. I should be doing this or, you know, sacrificing any part of yourself for your work. Yeah, I think that might be true. Yeah, definitely. But we still have things that need to get done. I mean, there's a lot of client commitments and there are things that you just can't wish away or choose not to do. So what's a good way to combine all the to-dos, all the things that isn't just like maybe or maybe not with the need to have, I don't know, take care of yourself and actually rest? Yeah, I'd say the one thing, if I was to give everyone something really to think about, it's like to stop seeing rest as something to be earned or something that takes away from your business and start seeing it as important as fulfilling that client deliverable. Because otherwise we end up filling our days with 20 tasks that we have to get done and then overworking, being exhausted and bringing that energy into the next day. Now, the main thing that I'm speaking about here is focusing on quality and not quantity. Like it's not this new idea, but I think when we have a new business and we care, and again, like past version of me, we've been told that like the longer hours and the doing more is going to be what makes you successful. It feels terrifying to put, take your foot off the gas and actually rest. And not also to a lot of my clients that join me, like it feel, feel really guilty at first. And so as well, you have this thing that rest, typically you're doing it because you want to feel better. And initially it feels worse because I call it like a detox. It's like this productivity detox where you are going to have all of these stories come up that we've been indoctrinated with and inherited through our cultural norms. So, you know, I'm lazy. I should be doing more. All of that is going to come up and you kind of have to let it come up the first few times to get onto the other side of where it's like actually peaceful. You're actually resting and you're actually able to benefit and your work is able to benefit from that rest. Yeah, I can relate to that. Even though I'm working to try to get rid of it, it's still in me that feeling of if you're not working, you are lazy and you should be, you know, getting up early in the morning and working all through the day. And since I am self-employed, I can control my day and do whatever I want. So I've gotten a lot better at just doing things however I want to, but it's still in the back of my mind because it's how we're brought up. Just like this is how a workday looks like. This is how you're supposed to do life. And if you do anything else, then either you're just lucky if you get it to work or you haven't deserved it in the same way. Yes, I do think it's like you have to be intentional about reprogramming your brain away from that learned narrative into what you want. And I literally just had a client share about this yesterday. She's asking for paid time off in her work. So some of my clients are employed as well. And she's like, I felt so guilty doing it, that it's almost like I'd rather just, because I didn't have a reason, it's just to rest. And it's like, what if rest (laughs) is a reason? (laughs) And it's all this, you know, we're laughing here, but this is what we're really dealing with as humans. We are overworked, underrested, burnt out, anxious, stressed. And, And at the end of the day, I promise you, if the overworking 
would create the results in your business that you wanted, then I would maybe, I would maybe be more for it, but it doesn't like actually rest is, I always say rest is my business plan, but rest is also a growth strategy. Overworking is not a growth strategy. I promise you, if you are overworking and burning the midnight oil and unable to switch off, it is going to be costing you your success. And that's what's so frustrating about it. Yeah, no, I completely understand. And I almost always get my best ideas when I'm doing something else like something that isn't work, you know, just in the shower. That's like, no, not now because I can't write it down or just before I'm going to sleep. It's like, no, I have to remember this idea because it's so good. And so it's always when I'm not doing anything, if I'm out for a walk or something, but how can we strategically use rest and actually get things done at the same time? Yeah. I mean, well, so it's about combining those two and seeing them both as valuable in your workday, right? So it's not just the shower or before bed that you give yourself time to think. The first time I started this, I literally started just daydreaming at my desk. I was like, okay, I'm still in the place of like wanting to sit at my desk, but I'm just going to switch everything off and just like look out the window. And it's uncomfortable for a bit, but just allow your mind to wander. And you can even put a question in front of yourself like, okay, so for me at that time, it might have been like, oh, I'm going to create a podcast what do I really want to help people with? And just like let my mind just sit with it instead of writing a list and crossing it off and Google and researching and all of that stuff that we've been told to do, like really use your brain. Your brain is wildly powerful. And the issue is we are not using our brain enough to its potential. And that's what's costing us. So really just letting yourself be with your brain. Now it can be a matter of, I mean, we, me and my husband went to play tennis yesterday morning. Every time I play tennis, it's like my mind and the ideas and the way that I see my brain operate and his brain operate and our brains operate. I'm like, there's so many lessons here. But I will say another thing that you touched on then, which is I used to have a client and she was based in Switzerland and she would ski and she's like, I always get my ide- my best ideas at the top of the mountain. And she would like, stop, get her phone out and write them <laughs> down. And what I taught her was that's also coming from this like scarcity that like, I can't create good ideas. So we have this idea that the shower is where the good ideas happen instead of the brain is where the good ideas happen. We have this idea that if we miss that good idea, we're missing out on an opportunity instead of we are the creators of those good ideas, whether it's on the ski slope or in the shower, there's certain conditions and certain things happening that we get to recreate on demand. And once you know that, you never have, like, I don't think I even have done anything with the ideas from yesterday or written them down because my belief is just like, I'm just such a good creator of ideas. So I no longer have to interrupt those precious moments, maybe in the shower or skiing or whatever, to capture those ideas because I just believe that I can create more. So that's the second layer of this that I would share with people. Wow. Okay. That's so interesting. It's a, it's a new perspective because I've always heard like, okay, so you have probably one place where you get good ideas. It might be in the car. It might be this or there and like go to that place and gather those ideas. But you're so right. Of course. It does yeah, well, how terrible to be like <laughs> in the car and then your car is like, or you travel, like, I don't know, you're not with your car for a week and it's like, I guess I just won't have any ideas. Like, this is what we do as humans <laughs> over and over again. We like, outs- especially as women, I will say it, we give credit to everything but ourselves. And that means we are reliant on the car or the perfect environment. We are reliant on the perfect plan or we are reliant on the perfect social media post or whatever, instead of like, we are creators. You learn to rely on yourself. Learn to back yourself. Like, for everyone listening, I would really encourage you to do this 
this task where you think about one thing that you are proud of that you've accomplished and ask yourself, how did I create this? Like me, not like, and don't let answers come up like, well, I asked someone else helped me or it was just the right time or it was just luck. Like that's bullshit. Like really, really ask yourself, how did I create this? What was I thinking? Who was I being? Maybe it's like, if it was, for example, someone else opened the door, it's like, I'm really good at building relationships with people. I'm really good at building trust. I'm really good at taking photos. Like I'm really good at producing art. I'm really willing to take a risk and take chances. Like for all of you listening, you know, I speak about time hacking and not time management because the ultimate time hack is believing that you are capable. Like if we don't think we're capable, we don't think we're good, we're going to waste time following some guru online that tells us that we have to wake up at 5am and and work in 20 minute increments and send 17 emails a day. And before, you know, and before you know it, the day is gone and we've acted like an employee to a really shitty boss. Okay. Yeah, that is, I don't even know how to respond to that because that is so, it's so good. It's so good because you're just kind of pinpointing so many things that are just ingrained in us that this is how it has to be done. If you're not getting up early, then you're missing out and it's never going to work. And I'm not like that whatsoever. I like to sleep until I just wake up because I don't function on not sleeping. But I know that this is how it is for so many people. Like you just have to work more and that's always the solution. Did you check out the shop yet? Go to ingvillkolnes.com slash shop and sign up for a new website, the waitlist for the sustainable photography program or the SEO course, or buy one of the other resources that you find there. How can you figure out which things you should actually focus on and not just what you think? Because this is something that I talk about so much. And, you know, we have this to-do list. I have a to-do list. Of course I do. And some of the things are just like, this is just what I do. And you don't really think about, is it giving you or getting you anywhere? So how can we figure out which things to focus on like that actually matter? It's such a good question. And I do want to say when I was rolling my eyes at the waking up early thing, it's because I did that as well. Like Margaret Thatcher, like used to have four or five hours sleep. And I heard it when I was 17. I was like, that's how I'm going to operate. And it's like the worst thing you can do. Sleep is so vital. <laughs> so that's not, it's not anyone else than me. But yes, how to prioritize. And here's the important thing. Exactly as you said, I just want to highlight one of the things you said because it's so important we keep doing things because we've always done them not because they work um our brain is terrified of change and afraid that if we step out of line we won't produce the results even if we're doing the things and not producing the results we want change is still scary so the truth is there is no one thing that you will always do that will always work we want to create safety for failing and essentially this is one of the other foundations of time hacking and, and pillars of time hacking is you set a hypothesis, you test the hypothesis and you evaluate. So one of the things I have my clients do on a Monday, instead of having a never ending to-do list and then putting it in the calendar and time blocking and all of that stuff that I used, I literally used to teach that stuff. So um, not only was that in it, I was really drinking the Kool-Aid. So instead we speak about setting ourselves up for a successful week. Like what are the three things that are going to make this week successful? And that's one of the questions that we answer every Monday. Now, some of you listening, you're like, three things is not enough. It's not to say that those are the only three things that you can do. But what you are doing by being super clear about those three things is you are creating decision filters from which you can decide what to do on that list. If you do use a list of like what the priorities are, 
like instead of uh, you know on Tuesday morning being like okay I'm going what what should I do I'm just looking at this whole list it's like you know my priority this week is actually delivering for this client so I'm going to make sure that that gets done instead and that's kind of a balance between you know having every moment blocked and having nothing done and total flexibility. And what I find it creates for me and my clients is that flexibility to prioritize in the moment and not say, I said I was going to do this today, so I must do it even though something urgent has come up or even though, you know, my internet's down and I'm actually not capable of doing this or whatever might happen, life happens. So you want to combine the priorities and the flexibility so that you are getting the major things done. Now, Again, what this tends to create for my clients, another little hack behind it is if there's three things that are going to make this week successful and you achieve those three things by Wednesday, then you are finishing your week as a success. So often we set this far away future goal so we can have like one moment of success in the month, say it's like a monthly goal. And that moment is so fleeting and passes. And then we go right back and spend the majority of our time in a state of like, not achievement and you work very differently from a place of like it's working I'm successful I've achieved things and you do from I'm not sure if it's working I'm not sure what to do like you know I need to achieve success I need to get there I need to I need to it's like a very different energy and it's way less exhausting and way more creative and so that's just a little something that I would say there Mm. So that means you start off the week by just thinking, okay, so which three things would make this week a success? And then you make the decisions based on that. Exactly. So there's actually, that's the first of three questions that we answer. So it's what would make this week a successful week and really make it like measurable. So, you know, fulfilling that client order, maybe creating a new client, like really thinking about three things. And the second thing is what's one thing I've been putting off that I'm going to get done. And those are like, one thing right like, but I've got so many that I've been putting off but them again it's about creating success early and then fueling ourselves from success instead of for success and the third one and this is a little mindset hat is what will I think when I've done these things when I've achieved these things I'm really taking your brain to the place of like oh I can get things done I'm a results achiever I'm a client creator I'm an amazing artist I'm amazing with my time I know exactly what to do like really spending time there instead of spending time in there. I don't know what to do. I can't do this. And that's a little brain trick to, you know, direct your brain to where you want it to go. So that's how we start our weeks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. And you mentioned procrastination earlier. (laughs) What can we do about procrastination? I mean, the first thing I would say is to stop describing ourselves as a procrastinator. This is like the most common thing. I do have a four-step video. I think it's maybe a podcast that I'll share with you. We can send to people. Please do. (laughs) But the first first common thing that I really see is people are like, I'm a procrastinator. It's just who I am. And I know this because I was that person. But it's like the more you talk about that, it's like the reverse of the mindset hack that we just spoke about. The more you are programming your brain to procrastinate. Like, Two people can be late or put off the one task. The way they describe it is going to determine what happens next. One person being like, I'm a procrastinator. It's just who I am. I don't get things done. Is just going to keep putting it off versus the other person that's like, I made a strategic decision to not do that. There was something else that I felt that I wanted to do at that point. And I trust myself to do this is then just going to get it done. I would say, honestly, if you can like eliminate the P word, 
it's just a decision. That's all that happened. And we create such a narrative around it that it keeps us in that loop. So instead of saying, I'm procrastinating, say, I've made a different decision today. It just keeps you feeling powerful and stops belittling yourself and putting yourself down. Now, there's three other steps in that video that I'll share with you that go into it a bit more. But if I was to sum up like the one most useful thing that everyone could take away from today, it's like really stop using the P word and replace it with decisions. I just made a different decision. It's going to keep you feeling powerful. And that's what's going to make it far easier for you to follow through on the thing. Mm, Yeah, I really like that. And it kind of reminded me of something else where instead of having that feeling of, oh, I have to do this. I just need to get this done to say that I choose to, I choose to do this. I've chosen to have my, my kids come before my work today instead of like, oh, I have to go pick them up from nursery or whatever. Like you just make the decision or you just tell yourself it's coming from a different place, like of you choosing or you get to instead of have to. And yeah, just feeling stuck. Yes. I remember coaching someone once on this exact thing. And she was like, you know, I have to be with my kids. So I don't have as much time for my business. And I was like, you literally don't have to. People have kids and never see them. She was like, well, I want to. And I was like, well, then you could literally like never see them if you didn't want to. You can put them in all kinds of places and never like people do that. But if you want to see them, it's very different. So I love that that you shared. Yeah. Okay, so if someone is wanting to build a sustainable business, what kind of productivity and working less can they apply? So we've spoken about rest and I would say stop thinking of rest as something earned and start thinking as something like as equally important as fulfilling that client order. That's a huge one. And the second thing I would say is start thinking sustainably. For me, my life changed when I stopped trying to work first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So now I just never would, but I used to, I read like eat the frog or whatever it was. It's like, get going, do the hardest thing in the morning. But I would think for every person, like, when do you actually feel most creative? When do you feel like, you know, is your best time to work? And that's when you want to give to the parts of your work that move the needle the most. And for you guys, it's like actually your art, your creativity, and then be thinking about where do I need my most energy perhaps for like sales, which maybe isn't something that I always dreamed of doing and you know how can you take care of yourself in that and not just during it in terms of what time you want to be doing it but also before and afterwards you can create little rituals of like beforehand I'm going to get outside and walk for five minutes and just like move my body and afterwards I'm going to go make myself like a really nice hot cup of tea these things don't have to take time I want you to notice that nothing I'm saying is like you must go for a walk for an hour in the middle of the day and you must have a two-hour nap and you that's where we start to our brain uses that as a way to not do anything, but it really can be these five minute things, these five minute rituals that help you take care of yourself and build something sustainable. Because when you're speaking about sustainability, what I'm also thinking about is the nervous system. And when we are entrepreneurs and we are self-employed, I mean, I'm the sole income generator in our household and have been, I mean, I won't be forever, but I have been for the past few years. You know, that's a lot on me, especially when I was pregnant and all of this stuff. How are you taking care of your nervous system? Because that's what I think of when I think of sustainability. And that can be a matter of taking three deep breaths. That can be a matter of putting on a song you love and just like, this is one of my favorite ones, and just like dancing around the room for three minutes and just noticing like getting back into your body and what that does for you. So it's less about getting through everything on the to-do list and 
burning the midnight oil and being late and like hammering away. And it's more about, which I think is what I used to think was the foundation for a sustainable business, like doing it all now and building a long foundation. And it's more about you being sustainable as an individual. How are you taking care of you? So that's what I would say to people. And again, like you don't have to go work out for an hour in order to reset your nervous system and, you know, feel calm. It can literally be just like putting your hand on your chest, skin to skin, and just like rubbing it around a few times and taking a deep breath. Like there's so many different things. I've given a few examples there. That's what I would say. If you are not acting in a way that is sustainable for a human being, you know, if you're not, (laughs) this will not be sustainable. That's what I would leave everyone with there. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that topic of self-care, it's something that I used to think would take a lot of time and it really doesn't. It's a lot to do with just awareness, like figuring out and thinking about what do I actually need? What's going to help me right now? And it doesn't mean taking, you know, a one week vacation and having to go away. You can just take a couple of minutes and just sit by yourself. Yes. And I think unfortunately, self-care has now become this whole industry which is confusing its actual meaning. Listen, I think it's great that we're talking about it for sure, but you don't have to self-care the way someone else tells you to self-care. You really get to self-care the way for you. And the the most basic form of self-care is what we touched on earlier, which is like actively being nice to yourself and actively being kind to yourself. Instead of saying, I'm not doing enough, ask yourself, like this is a great little one for the end of the day to say like, or even the beginning of the day, what am I proud of today? What am I proud of yesterday? What's something that I'm really grateful for that I achieved or that I did or something about myself that I really like? Build that practice intentionally. It's way more effective than like sitting in the bath for an hour watching bubbles and thinking about your to-do list and feeling like you shouldn't be there and you're wasting time. Like these little things, questions are a very powerful tool to redirect your brain and take care of yourself. Mm, Yeah, that's great. And if the person who's listening now is feeling like we're kind of talking about them. They're working way too much and feeling a little bit overwhelmed. What's one thing they can do right away while listening to this or right after so that they can get on track? Because I don't think anyone can just turn their whole life and business around, but maybe to just get started. Mm. I mean, I would start with the Monday questions. That's like the one thing. And maybe start with the five minute cup of tea or cup of coffee like at some point in your day switching everything off going into another room and just like sitting and having that it's funny because as as I'm speaking about it it's like mindfulness but I don't think I intentionally ever put that together before but it is you know having a mindfulness moment I guess of just sitting with your cup of tea and yourself and just like enjoying being present with that that's what I would say think about like what do you want to do with your five minutes and give yourself five minutes every day this week. And really, when your brain says like, oh, I'll start tomorrow, you have five minutes today. Tomorrow will not get easier. That's why I say five minutes or even three minutes with just a song you love. We want to make it very easy because even though you can logically see that this is good for you and this is beneficial and it's not a lot of time, there is a part of your brain that is not rational. We have this subconscious part of our brain, which is where like 95% of our thoughts come from that's programmed for survival in the wild is terrified of change and terrified of the unknown. And while you're thinking, I just want to feel 
you know, less stressed, more present and able to get things done and feel satisfied at the end of my week, that part of your brain is saying, well, we don't really have a problem because you're alive. And as long as you're alive, everything's working. That's it's like job. So just understanding that that part of your brain, you know, I call it the cavewoman brain. She doesn't care about your motivation and your goals and your dreams. She just cares about keeping you alive because that's our brain's one job and working with her, not against her. Perfect. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So to wrap it up, what would you recommend to build a sustainable business? To build a sustainable self. If you want a sustainable business, build a sustainable self, especially, you know, for everyone listening, like you are your business, your creativity is your business. And so despite what you've been told and read, like what I've been told and read that you must sacrifice and grind and be willing to, like, I remember just being like, I'm willing to do whatever, you know, I have to be willing to do more than what the next person is. Like, no, you have to be willing to step away from that narrative and do the brave thing of really taking care of yourself and seeing yourself as the business owner, as the creative, as the photographer, as the asset of the business, protect the asset. Mm. Okay, perfect. That's wonderful. This has been amazing, Vicky. And I'm sure that the person who's listening is wanting to get to know you better and follow you. So where can they go? I'm on Instagram at Feminist Time Coach. I have a podcast called Feminist Time Productivity and Rest Podcast. And you can also download my Stop Wasting Time Guide, which is at vickylouise.com forward slash guide. Perfect. I'll be sure to link to all of those in the show notes. And thank you so much. This was very eye-opening and inspiring. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. You just listened to an episode of Sustainable Photography. Please share this episode with a photographer you care about.